Good morning, boys and girls of the jar. This is Pastor Chris's neighborhood. Do you like surprises? I love surprises. And today, we're going to talk about that word, surprise, and how wonderful it is. For example, I'm not with you right now because I'm on a surprise. My wife Jennifer has invited me to go on vacation to be able to have a surprise for our marriage. And it's wonderful. <laughs> hey guys, this is Chris. I hope that got you a little bit of a joke and uh, you're able to laugh a little bit from that. But it is a surprise. Uh, Jennifer has uh, taken me somewhere uh, as a hostage uh, for our marriage for this week. And we're really, really enjoying our time, I'm sure, when you look at this. But uh, I just want to take the time uh, to say that one of the surprises we want to do over the month of September is being able to love on our neighbors, those neighbors that are in our neighborhood. And so we're going to have a lot of opportunities for people to do things to show love uh, with no strings attached uh, to their neighbors, um, to show God's love in that way. And so we're going to have some different things that we're going to ask you to do uh, throughout September. Now, next week, we're starting a brand new series called Baggage. And the reality is that uh, whether we like it or not, um, it is not a surprise that we all carry baggage. And it's a great series for you to invite your family to so that they get a chance uh, to kind of deal with some of the baggage in their family system and uh, to be able to get healthy from that. And you can invite your uh, friends, family, anyone to come and uh, be a part of that. It's going to be a great series, and it'll start next week. Now, today, you're in for a wonderful treat as uh, Chuck Mock, who is our uh, ministry coordinator of Celebrate Recovery, will be coming to teach on bearing fruit. And I know Chuck's going to do a great job. And so if you would, uh, when he comes up here, encourage him and uh, join me uh, in uh, thanking him for serving us today. Well, boys and girls, I'm getting ready to leave now to go for my surprise. So enjoy uh, Chuck Mock. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Wow. Between that and Derek's shirt, you may not want to come back again. <laughs> well, what I do for a living, which I own a heating and cooling company, Complete Comfort, here in Muncie, it requires me to drive a lot. And one day while I was driving back to Muncie from Greenfield, I noticed a Mustang behind me. I was seeing it in my rearview mirror. And it was driving very erratically coming up on me. It was zipping in and out of traffic, and it got behind me and it was riding my bumper very closely. So like the solid man of God that I am, I hit my brakes really hard, forcing the driver to make a split-second decision to either eat my Reese hitch or to apply their own brakes. And this apparently didn't sit well with Mr. Earnhardt, as the first opportunity arose, he veered out, he got right next to me, he rolled down his window, and he gave me the finger. 
So as my new friend sped away, I noticed a sticker on his bumper that said, I bleed blue. And I'm thinking, at least the guy's a Colts fan. You know, he's probably a super guy. Probably a Patriot fan did something to him really stupid and made him upset that day. And then I see a license plate surrounded by a border that says Duke Blue Devils. But his license plate was an Indiana-issued plate. So this guy was either a bandwagon jumper or he had moved here from North Carolina and had not yet converted his loyalty over to the mighty Indiana Hoosiers. Once mighty Indiana Hoosiers. Sometimes when we move, we often go through a slow transition of loyalties to, to our new home. And this got me thinking, it's the same way as a Christian. When we come to Christ, the kingdom of God becomes our home, but the kingdom of the world does not easily leave our hearts. And the great challenge of the Christian is to overcome divided loyalties and to fully identify with God's kingdom. Now I'm going to tell you something. And this has nothing to do with some vicious rumor that's been spreading about me on Facebook all week for those of you who For those of you who are not laughing good, you do not know this. But this is actually a perspective that I've gained. This coming from a person that has never went to seminary. I have never taken a single theology course. Are you ready for this? It's not easy being a Christian. It's not easy. When you ask Jesus Christ into your life, things change. You will change, and the people around you, their view of you will change. Now, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. When we accept Christ into our lives, we begin to change. A new life has begun. And we start to see things a little differently. We start to feel things a little differently. We start to feel guilty about things that we are doing that we know we shouldn't be doing. God is working on our life. We are His new creation. He's shaping us and He's molding us into this new creation. And as that new life begins, there comes a lot of obstacles. There comes a lot of challenges because it's not easy leaving our old life. A lot of us become the odd person out. Within your close-knit group of friends, possibly your family, the people in your workplace. If you take, for example, a guy that works in a factory... Now, men have their own vocabulary, and sometimes it can be very vulgar. And the stories that are talked about are usually not about the newest Disney movie and how awesome it was to catch it in 3D. So all of a sudden, you have a strong prompting to not partake in these stories, to not join in on gossip, to not laugh or make fun at someone else's expense. And all of a sudden you have this voice in your head telling you that this isn't right anymore. This doesn't feel right. Your old life is gone. 
New life has begun. You are slowly changing and people's view of you is also changing. And your new life begins with very small changes. As I said, you start to see things a little differently. You start to actually feel things a little differently. When I first began attending the jar here, I used to sit out here, and actually it was way back there because it was split up. There was a curtain that come through, and we was just a little church on the other side. But I used to listen to Pastor Chris teach, and it was amazing that it felt like he was, he was speaking right to me. And each Sunday was a huge growing experience for me, and God was chipping away at me, and he was doing most of this on a Sunday. And it's funny that when Chris would get emotional, I used to think, oh great, the little sissy's going to start crying again. <laughs> and I still think that sometimes, but other times my eyes start to swell up a little with his. And I grew so much from sitting here every Sunday and listening to Chris teach. But you know what? Sitting in here every Sunday and listening to the worship band and listening to the teaching isn't enough. God wants to transition you from being a hearer of the Word to being a doer of the Word. And that's the first fill-in for this week. Hearer of the Word to being a doer of the Word. I want to look at this picture. Jesus is knocking on the door. Jesus wants to come in, but He has to be let in. You can hear Jesus knocking. You're aware of it. You can listen to Him knock all day, but eventually you have to open it. The knob is on your side. You have to open it to let Him in. That's something you have to do. You can listen to teachings every week, but until you apply these teachings to your life, nothing happens. Nothing changes. God wants to start molding your life and shaping your life, but you have to let Him. You have to open the door. Now, Chris did an amazing teaching series this summer on the fruits of the Spirit. The inner fruit you bear when you allow God to mold you and to shape you. And it's love, joy, peace, self-control, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness. And you bear outward fruit when you allow God to work inside of you. Listen to what Jesus said in John 15. I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Have you ever heard that saying, with every action there is a reaction? If you practice playing the drums a lot, the reaction is you become a pretty good drummer. Now, I decided a year and a half ago that I wanted to get in shape. I decided I wanted to get in really good shape. So I started lifting weights. I started running, even though I hate running. Doing some abdominal exercises. And this here was the reaction to that action. <laughs> With every action, there is a reaction. Your action is you gave your life to Christ. You asked Jesus Christ into your life. You opened the door. The fruit you bear 
will be the reaction. If you let Jesus Christ in your life and you begin reading the Bible and learning to actually spend time with God, your life will change. Your lifestyle will show tangible changes. And if it doesn't, then one could question whether Christ is really at the forefront of your life. Now that doesn't mean that instantly and overnight you're going to rid yourself of every bad behavior that you've picked up and that the fruits of the Spirit are just going to start spewing from you. Because it is a very slow process. And in my opening story about the the Duke fan that flipped me the bird... What I failed to mention was when his action was finger in the air, my reaction without even thinking about it was this. Up yours, buddy. That was the first thing that shot out right there. And then I thought, oh, why did I do that? Because it's a slow process of getting rid of everything. So today we are going to talk about what it means to bear fruit. And in Matthew 12, verse 33, Jesus says a tree is identified by its fruit. You make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. So how do we bear fruit? I want to go back to Corinthians 5, verse 17. And it starts off with, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. So that tells us the first thing we must do to be a tree that bears fruit, to live a life that is fruitful, is to, number one, belong to Christ. Belong to Christ. That's the beginning point. You have to open that door that you heard Jesus banging on and accept Christ in your life. Everyone hears Him knocking. You can turn up the TV as loud as you want. He will keep on knocking. He's not like the Jehovah Witness and you hide and they finally go away. Like I'm the only one that's ever hid from a Jehovah Witness, okay? You know, if they paid me for this stuff, I'd come up with better material for you guys. I promise you that. You have to answer the door. Ask for forgiveness for your sins. No matter what you've done or who you've hurt, you ask for forgiveness. You do this and you belong to Christ. You become a new person. A person that is forgiven for everything that they have ever done. And you now have a clean slate. God gets to start from scratch, molding you and shaping you into what He wants you to be. For who He created you to be. How would you like to take over a building, building a house that someone else already started? Someone that couldn't read a blueprint or couldn't read a tape measure or maybe used all the wrong materials. Someone thought, well, this is cheap. This will look good. So they just threw it on there. And you wouldn't want to. You want to start from scratch and you want to do it right. And that's what God wants. In your life, He wants to be able to start anew. And to do this, he needs to get rid of the old. He needs to build you a whole new foundation. And it's a foundation that's going to support what he has in store for you. 
Remember in Matthew 12, verse 33, it says, make a good tree. God has to begin to make a good tree before you can actually bear fruit for Him. And that starts with a foundation. And now God doesn't do all of this Himself. We have a part in making this good tree. The word Christian means Christ-like. And to be like someone, we first have to know what that person was like. And to know what Jesus was like, we have to read the Bible. The Bible is our blueprint for our new house. Our new life, our good tree. And as you read the things that Jesus did, the way He did them, you see the example that Jesus set, then God begins to slowly build this new you. He's beginning to make this good tree that will be capable of bearing fruit. So let's go back again to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, to see what the second step to bearing fruit is. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. Why is it so important for the old life to be gone? And it's because, number two, you have to let go to grow. Let go to grow. You don't want the same person who done screwed up your old place to work on this new one, too. The person that puts your windows in all crooked, you want it done right. And you need to get rid of all the bad habits and the bad ways of thinking that you've picked up through the years that have kind of become the norm in your life. Maybe the way you talk or the way you treat your spouse or maybe the way you treat your kids. Maybe the way you handle your finances or the things that you're doing when no one else is around. Those things that you would never want anyone else to find out. And these are the things that are going to be changed. These are the things that are going to be chipped away by God. This old way of thinking is what needs to slowly change so it doesn't hinder the new you, the good tree that God is trying to make. So first you belong to Christ, and then you let go of your old life. Now you don't just throw everything out, but you realize that what you were doing and how you were thinking are not going to be able to follow the first choice. Romans 6 verse 6 says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. What does that mean? You see, we talked about the guy in the factory who wanted to change the way that he's talking, to change the way that he's joining in at someone else's expense. The first choice affects the second choice. Remember the action that causes a reaction? You can't run a mile every day without it affecting you in some way. 
You run every day and you will start to shape up. You will lose weight. Unless your body flies into cardiac arrest because your heart can't believe that your butt's actually up off the couch exercising. We take another example that I already touched on, lifting weights. You can't make a decision to lift weights three or four times a week and not get stronger. It absolutely cannot happen. Now, you may not develop like me that you saw earlier, but you will get stronger. You have to. And it's all because of the first decision that you made. If you honestly make a decision to answer that door and welcome Jesus Christ in your life, things are going to change. God loves us way too much to leave us the way that we are. Remember John 15. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that does not bear fruit. Now, there's so many things that we do that actually keep us from bearing fruit. And how many of you can say that you are honestly bearing fruit for God? And if you can't answer yes to that, why? What in your life is preventing you from being fruitful? And whatever that is, that's the branch that God, the gardener, wants to cut off. God knows what's preventing us from being fruitful. And to make a good tree, you have to get rid of the bad branches. If you remember the ice storm years back, and remember how the weight of the ice broke all the branches and made all the branches sag down, and all the trees were terrible looking, they no longer looked like good trees. Well, just like that ice, we have things in our life that weighs us down. Alcohol can snap our branches. There's absolutely nothing wrong with drinking. It's when the drinking is causing you to do things that you wouldn't normally do is when it becomes a problem. It's when you're out at the bar late at night instead of being home with your spouse or your children. Or when you're spending money that you don't have to spend or or missing work because you're hungover. Porn is something that snaps our branches. You get stuck in a fantasy land of sex that is not real. And it affects the way you look at your spouse. Because you're comparing this fantasy land to them, and in your eyes, they don't seem to match up. Debt and financial problems. They add so much stress and tension in our lives. They weigh us down. And then we say, if I could just get more money, if I could make more money, then everything would be fine. And I think of the parable of the talents. Well, one man was given five bags of silver, and he managed them well. So he was given more. One was given two bags of silver. He managed it well, and he was given more. One was given one bag of silver. He mismanaged what he had, so what he had was taken away from him. 
Now, if God can't trust you with what you have, whether it's money or something else, why would He think that He could trust you with even more? And I am absolutely not pointing a finger at anybody. For me, it was money. I mismanaged what I had. I was forced to file bankruptcy, and what I had was taken away from me. That parable is about me. And it's a parable for any of us who receive a gift from God, but we don't use that gift to honor God. For some of us, the pain or the grief that we hold on to is what weighs us down. Or a death, or a divorce, or abuse that was inflicted upon us either physically, emotionally, maybe verbally, or something that maybe we've done to somebody else. And we're hiding it rather than giving it to God and allowing Him to use it. Maybe anger is what's weighing you down. Or lying. Or gossip. And whatever it is, it's easy to see why God wants to cut away these branches and begin to make a better tree, a better you. And after the ice storm, we cut off all the damaged branches. And after a while, the trees finally looked good again. To make the good tree, we got to cut off the bad branches. So first we belong to Christ. Second, we let go to grow. Both of these steps have been in action. Steps taken to get you somewhere. And that somewhere, that reaction, is the third step. And that's living a life that produces fruit. Living a life that produces fruit. Now, if you remember the third part of 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says, a new life has begun. And this new life is a life that bears fruit. Matthew 12, verse 33 says, A tree is identified by its fruit. We are identified by what we produce. If we have joy and love and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, then our actions, the way we live, the things we do for others will be a reflection of this. So are you doing acts of kindness for people? Do you go out of your way to lift someone else's spirit? Do you speak the truth? As Christians, as ones that are trying to follow the example that Christ taught, that He demonstrated, are our actions a reflection of what we believe? People need to see the fruits of the Spirit in the way that we talk or the things that we do. Our walk should scream out to people that we follow Christ. St. Francis of Assisi once said, always preach the gospel and use words if necessary. The way to believe something is to see it. To actually witness it. 
We can say God loves you, but not everyone's going to feel it because they don't actually see that love in some way. But if we show someone God's love, it actually becomes real. Now, people don't always remember when they are told about God's love, but they never forget when they actually experience it. Now, I said earlier that when you become a Christian, you change, and people's view of you will change. When you display fruit in your life, other people notice. They question why you are doing the things that you are doing. And when someone sees Jesus Christ in the way that you speak, in the way that you act, then they start to question themselves a little bit. And that's God actually using you to work in someone else's life. Now, every person in here is bearing some amount of fruit. Because the truth is, you wouldn't be here today if you wasn't. You may be somewhere in the process of these steps that I've talked about today. You may have made the decision to give your life to Christ, or maybe you're getting close to opening that door. Or God may be cutting off the dead branches in your life, and He's shaping you so that you will be capable of bearing fruit. Or you may be bearing a bunch of fruit right now and actually displaying Christ in the things that you do. And the last thing that I want to touch on is a place where most of us are at or we are going to be most of the time. And if we go back to John 15, it says, I am the true vine and my Father is is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Now, we have talked about that. But listen to this. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. As we travel the journey of this new life, we're going to hit obstacles. We are going to encounter difficulties that stall our fruit production. Now we would love to we would love to travel this new life like this and just have all the highs and just keep going and keep going. But the truth is, this is the path that most of us take. We hit obstacles. We encounter difficulties. We run into things that actually stop our production. We are still producing fruit, but maybe we're only filling half the basket. And that's when God, the gardener, steps in and He prunes us. He cuts away the things that are holding us back a little bit. And it's not because He's disappointed in us, because we are producing fruit. He just knows that we're capable of producing a lot more than what we're doing. We're capable of actually filling the basket up. Now this whole teaching has been about 
our lives in the metaphor of trees and how to make a tree good, our lives to produce fruit. And the truth is, I don't know anything about trees. I don't understand the entire pruning process. I'm a musician. You think Keith Richards, the Stones, knows anything about trees and pruning? Absolutely not. I have to actually see things. I have to witness them with my own eyes to believe, to actually understand. And although I'm not an expert with trees, I know someone that is. And I'm going to bring up Eric Gillette. He's the owner of Gillette Dueling Landscaping. And he is going to actually show us how to make a tree good. He's going to show us the process of pruning to become healthier, to become stronger, and to become capable of bearing even greater amounts of fruit. So let's make Eric comfortable and give him a warm, fruitful welcoming. Thanks, Jeff. Is this, I don't think it's on. Is it on? There we go. Uh, good morning. Um, originally, I didn't want to come here and do this. I said, let's do a video. I can have all the bells and the whistles. I get chainsaws and chippers and people running around and cutting. But uh, you can see we already had a video, so we were over budget, and here I am. <laughs> so before we go uh, into the pit, well, we already have one picture up there, but think of that John 15 passage one more time, and maybe you can make an analogy of what these pictures will show and maybe what can be pruned out of your life. So the first picture, this, this tree is actually in my backyard. Uh, it's a flowering plum tree, and unfortunately it's been neglected. What, what's the old saying about you know, the last person you get things done, you know? Well, this tree has been neglected for several years. Um, the funny thing about it is it started to produce plums a couple years ago, and they were actually nice and juicy and and edible, but the only thing was they're really small. So hopefully by the process of this pruning, the fruit will be bigger and, and the whole tree will be more productive. But anyway, if you look at this tree, you can see how it's irregularly grown. There's things sticking up high and it just, you know, it's, it's a tree, it's not real attractive. The next picture, you can see on that one side, there's a lot of dead limbs in it. And those dead limbs, uh, obviously no leaves, they don't bear any fruit. The thing about those is that they allow insects and diseases to get into the tree and will make the tree decline even further. So it's something you want to take out. So we remove those, tree, those limbs. The next picture uh, shows a different aspect of it. You can see the tree looks really thick and um, it, looks, it looks healthy, but if you look at some of those limbs in there, they're actually called sucker limbs. And the sucker limbs, even though they look good, they have lots of leaves, they don't produce any fruit. So they're useless. So you cut those out. Now we go a little bit further, and the, and the next picture um, shows it being cleaned out, looking a little bit better, um, a little healthier. Um, 
just gives you a perspective of what happens when things are pruned out. The following picture is the same as the first picture. Those limbs that stick way up beyond the tree, they, do, they produce fruit, but the fruit is so high that you can't get to it. And then what will happen is it will just fall off and rot in the ground, and it's useless. So we actually cut those off. And then the next picture shows the tree having the dead, remove, dead wood removed, the uh, suckers taken out, uh, the high spots taken out. Uh, you know, it's actually a pleasant-looking tree, and uh, next year it should be a lot more productive. It should have a lot bigger fruit uh, and more of it. And the final picture, you can see all of the debris that came out of it. And as I looked at this picture, I looked at it several times, and it just reminds me of all the garbage I have in my life that could be pruned out. And uh, you know, hopefully that just by looking at this, you can see, well, you know, none of us are perfect. And to grow in a relationship with Christ, we need a lot of pruning. Uh, and that was all I had to say. Thank you very much, Eric, for coming up here and showing us that. We can kind of compare that with our lives. So the question that I ask is, where are you at? In the three steps to bearing fruit that we've talked about today, where are you at? Are you hearing Christ knocking at the door, but you haven't yet made the decision to open it? And if you're delaying making a decision, do you know what? You've already made a decision. And as of right now, your decision's no. Maybe you're at step two. You've made your decision to follow Christ, but it's a slow transition to being loyal to your new home. And maybe you're having a hard time letting go of what God wants to cut away, the dead branches that we've been talking about. It's difficult to give things up, and even the things that we know that we absolutely should not be doing, especially when all of a sudden we may be viewed differently because of it. Maybe you're producing fruit, and maybe God sees that you are capable of producing a lot more than what you're doing. God wants to actually have your basket overflowing with fruit. Maybe you're in the middle of something. Maybe something painful. And this something painful is actually God pruning you right now. And He's setting the course for something awesome and something beautiful that He has in store for you. Let today be a day that some of you become a doer of the Word. Our goal should be a life that honors God. A life that reflects Jesus Christ. Being fruitful is what makes people notice you. It's what makes people notice Jesus Christ in your life. When someone looks at you, can they see Jesus in the way that you talk? Can they see Christ in the way that you're actually living your life? That 
is being fruitful. Can they see Jesus in the way that you reach out, the way that you lend a hand, or maybe the way that you lend a shoulder? That is being fruitful. God is concerned about what you're going to do today, right now. Don't worry about yesterday or your past. God didn't say, I was. God said, I am. And I am is today, right now. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about your future. God didn't say, I will be. He said, I am. That's today. God is concerned about today. So take a step today. Start being identified by the fruit that you produce for Christ today. Let's close in prayer. God, we just thank you for being the gardener that loves us way too much to leave us the way that we are. Allow our lives to produce for you. Allow our walk to match our talk and our talk to reflect our heart. Let our fruit be shown to each other, to our spouses, to our children, to our parents, to our co-workers, and just complete strangers that you may place in our path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope everybody has an awesome week. If everybody is looking forward to Chris being back next week, just remember that I let everybody go early. So, a brownie point for that. Know you're always loved in this place. Have an awesome week.